You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. It's a Friday fun show here on Crunch Time. You're listening to the game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana sports station and your home. For the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. What's going on, Matt Miguez here? The game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. We've got a lot to get to today. Plenty of breaking news in the world of college football. We'll talk about that. The NFL playoffs are here. Thank God. Playoffs. Hello, James. How are you? Doing good. How are you, Matt? I'm doing absolutely fantastic. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. All right. We'll recap the night last night in college basketball, which saw your local teams go a combined three and two. Not too bad. 60%. It's doable. So we'll recap those games and much more here on today's show at 4.30. Brian Peacock, the host of Peacock and Williamson, will join us to talk NFL playoffs. He's also a Niners fan, so we'll get his thoughts on the Niners-Seahawks matchup. At 5 o'clock, Jake Crane of Crane & Company will join us, as he does each and every Friday for Jake's Takes. We'll get his picks and, and thoughts on today's breaking news and much more. Once again, on the hotline, it's 337 Seven oh six zero one one one. Couple of those top stories. We'll start with the big one. Alabama defensive coordinator Pete Goldink has announced that he will be taking the same position under Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss. Pete Golding has been Nick Saban's defensive coordinator since twenty eighteen. And Now he will head to Oxford, Mississippi. Sources say that Golding's decision to leave Alabama was his own and that he was not pushed out. There have been some some rumblings that Pete Golding and and Nick Saban were having some some issues, if, if you will, and that Saban maybe wanted to move on. So this takes care of that problem. Uh, so now Pete Golding will will join Lane Kiffin's staff in Oxford, and he is one of the top recruiters in, in America, and he will be Kiffin's third defensive coordinator in the last three years. Yikes. Also, uh, you know, Walker Howard, we talked about it a lot this week, talking about Ole Miss. They've kind of emerged as a team to look out for. Lane Kiffin likes him. It's close to home. It's an SEC school. They're in the mix. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, the, The three schools named being the top destinations would be TCU, Ole Miss, and the Florida Gators for the former five-star recruit last night, the Louisiana Raging Cajuns going up to Monroe and absolutely dismantling 
the Warhawks 80, 86 to 73 behind 21 points from Jordan Brown. This was a game where the Cajuns jumped out to a 21 to 4 lead four minutes into the contest. They shot eight of nine to open the game. And then, you know, ULM forced their way back in just a little bit. It was 47 to 30 at the half. And then down the backstretch of the second half, ULM made it very, very uncomfortable for Louisiana. At one point, it was only a six-point game. With with three forty five to go, it was seventy seven to sixty nine. It's an eight point game. Uh, that was that was the closest that it had been at that point, and then UL started to pull back with a couple of th- free throws after ULM trying to play the foul game. Uh, with the win, the Cajuns improved to thirteen and four, three and two in the Sun Belt. Winners of their last three, while ULM falls to seven and eleven, three and two. In Sunbelt play, the Cajuns will travel to South Alabama to take on the Jags tomorrow. The Cajuns now one game out of first place in Sunbelt, tied for third in the conference. So uh, another win against South Alabama and, you know, maybe Troy and Georgia Southern slip up and things can get real interesting in in the Sunbelt landscape. Meanwhile, the Cajun women getting a big win at home over South Alabama last night. 66-49 to 49 in that one. You know, you, you look at this game, it was a 35-24 to 24 advantage for the Cajuns at the half. They shot 47% from the field, only turned the ball over 10 times. Lene Wheaton with another big night, 18 points on 7-14 shooting from the field. The Cajuns starting to turn a corner a little bit. Uh, now up to 9-8 and eight on the year. They're 6-2 and two in the friendly confines of the Cajun Dome. Meanwhile, South Alabama falling to 4-12. and 1-7 and seven away from the Mitchell Center. Uh, the Cajuns women are on the road now. They traveled to Troy today. They will take on the Trojans on Sunday in Troy, Alabama. The McNeese Cowboys and Cowgirls both falling to Northwestern State last night. Uh, the, the men falling in, in a wide margin uh, in that one. The final score was 89-75, to while the women only losing by one to the Lady Demons in that one, 62-61. to with the loss for the women, they fall to four and eleven, while the men sit at five and twelve here on the young season. Obviously, you know, talking college basketball, it's still very early to, you know, kind of make real judgments on a team season thus far because you know when you look at especially McNeese, a lot of their non-conference schedule, especially for the men, were were money games. You know, you went to Tennessee, you went to Baylor, you went to Houston. You know, th- those aren't games that, that a Southland Conference school is expected to win. Uh, that, is, that is getting a paycheck that, that funds your program. And now that you're getting into a, a conference groove, 
this is when you can kind of start to to make some judgments about you know how the season's going to play out because you're playing similar competition night after night. If you struggle in conference, then it's you know th- then then there's concerns. But you know if you're four and ten going into conference, but yet you're three and two to open conference play, it's not so bad. So the, you know those are the kind of things that you need to look at. Uh, when when making decisions about these teams, uh, the looking at LSU, the women obviously seventeen and zero off to their best start in program history. They will host Auburn on Sunday inside the Pete Maravich Assembly Center, where they will unveil a statue of Simone Augustus pregame, and then on Saturday the LSU men will be in Tuscaloosa to take on number four Alabama. Uh, James, there, there's not a whole lot of good to to say about this game. No, uh, LSU still playing good defense, relatively so. But the issue is it's the offense, their offense, and the fact that they struggle to shoot from behind the arc and just shoot in general and put the ball in the basket. That's an issue we've seen multiple times. Even when they got that big win to start SEC play. It was still a very low-scoring game. You're scoring, and it is, it, as nice it is, as it is to have a good defense. Nowadays, you need to be able to have an offense that can keep up. And whenever you don't have that, that's where you see games like these, where LSU was dropping three games in a row. You're scoring right at seventy points a game, and most of that is coming courtesy of KJ Williams, who is averaging eighteen and a half so far on on the season. But you you look at Alabama. Again, number four in the country. They're 14-2, and two, a perfect 8-0 and oh at home. And, and they're led by a young man by the name of Brandon Miller, who currently leads the SEC in, in points per game with 19. He is a six foot nine, 200-pound freshman leading the SEC in scoring. And uh, he also leads the SEC in three-pointers made. James, he averages three makes from downtown a game. It's pretty impressive. Uh, that that's I mean that's solid numbers for for Nate Oates and company. Um, now look, I, I'm not going to say that LSU has no chance to win this game. There's obviously a reason you you line up and play the game. If you could just you know call games on paper, they would never play. Oh, team with a better record wins. Blah blah blah. Whatever. That, that's not how it works. Obviously, there's there's a reason that you line up and play. But the odds are heavily stacked against LSU. And it doesn't help even more that it's going to be in Tuscaloosa. That's what makes it even more difficult because that is a tough arena to play it's in. It's a very tough environment. It's an arena that holds about 14,000 people, and they, they fill a, a pretty decent bit of it. And, and the people that show up are loud and energetic. and it, It's a tough environment. Um, so LSU is definitely going to have their hands full tomorrow, 3 o'clock. You can catch it right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Today, though, we're going to spend a lot of time talking the NFL. There are six playoff games in this super wild card weekend. Uh, there are two tomorrow. There are three on Sunday. And then there are there's one on Monday night between the Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which James and I both agreed couldn't that one be first and just get it out of the way? 
Like, why Why do we have to prolong this one? It's no, no. This I've, would make everybody's life so much easier if they just made the Cowboys-Bucks game the first one on the docket. Nobody's looking forward to it. Cowboys fans aren't even looking forward this to it. This isn't a pretty game. No, no. It, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be ugly. Like, this and, is not going to win any beauty contest. And the whole world gets to see it. So, whoa. Poll question of the day. Which divisional wildcard matchup is most likely to result in an upset? Ravens-Bengals. Dolphins-Bills. Seahawks-49ers. So far, 50% say Seahawks-Niners. And 25% apiece for Dolphins and Bills, Ravens and Bengals. Got a comment from John Paul. I hate to say it, but I think it is most likely not one on your list. But the Cowboys could easily be upset by the Bucks because of Tom Brady. But you did save this weekend, so the Seahawks over the Niners. Their luck may just run out. I I can't see the Niners slip it up. I just can't. I'm not saying they won't. I mean, obviously, you know, it, it could happen. Of course. But again, like like you we, just believe you just believe in Brock Purdy a lot more than I do. You believe in that overall squad to make sure that it doesn't have to be put he, on Brock Purdy's hands. He hasn't shown me a reason to not believe in him. Granted, has has he set the world on fire? No. But like we talked about, in Kyle Shanahan's offense, the quarterback doesn't need to set the world on fire. Dump passes. Just get it to George Kittle. Cor- get to McCaffrey. Slants, get, get your playmakers open. And, I mean, you've got playmakers everywhere. Debo, McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, George Kittle, Kyle Juszczyk. I mean, you've got playmakers everywhere. There are, you, you can win. One that's By even doing slept the minimal. on. Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk. Ray Ray McLeod. Everybody forgets about Ray Ray McLeod. But he's there, and he makes plays every now and again. He's a, he's a Rashid Shahid type. Flies under the radar, can pop a big play every now and again. The Niners got it rolling. And look, credit to the Seahawks. They have played a lot better this year than I thought they would. But... I, I just, especially, and you know, we're talking about the Niners' offense and how good the Niners' offense is. Let's not forget that they've got one of the better defenses in the league. Oh, correct. They got Fred Warner handling the middle of the field. They got nice edge pieces highlighted by Nick Bosa. Yeah. They got a they got a solid secondary. No one really stands out as like a premier guy, but it's like it's an overall good secondary, and the defense is really good. That's why it's been a struggle, and why they're on a ten game winning streak. Correct. Absolutely. If you didn't get what you wanted from Santa, not to worry, because we have the gifts you really want in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Guys, a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's at Cyber's Bayou Casino Resort, a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cyber's Bayou Casino Resort, a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard, and a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville could easily be yours if you sign up for the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com it's free it's simple you gotta go sign up today if you haven't signed up yet i'm not really sure what you're waiting for we, we tell you all the time about the great prizes you could win and it literally takes seconds uh just a couple of pieces of information boom 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 you're done fantastic and it's quick, simple, and we make it as painless as possible. So do that today. Actually, James, people should try to get it done during during this break because 
you could literally be done by the time we start talking again. Yeah, it's a three-minute timeout. You could get it done within that time easily. It's, it's easy. It's super simple. We'll take a timeout here on Crunch Time, and when we return, we will talk some NBA. The Pelicans playing tonight in Motor City. We'll preview that matchup and much more right here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. So before we get to the Pelicans versus Pistons, there was a basketball game played in Maryland the other night between Mount Zion Prep Academy and Edgewood Prep. James, the final score, 213 to 38. Can you run that by me one more time? I don't think I heard it correctly. 213. Mm Mm-hmm. To 38. What happened? I, I mean... The fact that you're even... the Because I remember one time, we saw that, what, one high schooler, it was also up north, if I'm not mistaken, where the dude scored like 136 by himself, and mm-hmm. the team won like 155 to mm-hmm. to 50. Mount Zion Academy led 99 to 16 at the half. According to reports, the head coach of Mount Zion went to the Edgewood prep coaching staff at halftime and asked if they wanted to continue. They said yes. And so, I mean, I'd, and of course, you know, people are, are, are calling into question the, the level of, of sportsmanship here and uh, 213 to 38. Hey man, I've noticed you're kind of down by triple digits at halftime. Yeah, like we're we're I'm, beating. We're I got beating my hand out. By, we're beating you by see? eighty. We can go, we can go home right now. Where's where? Right. Where's your white flag? Right. Are we, you waving we, it? We can go home right now. No. Okay. Say less. <laughs> I mean, we'll beat you by two hundred. I mean, I'm not. I'm not gonna say. I'm not gonna say they didn't ask for it. But there, you know, sometimes I kind of wonder. Should the referees step, step in? in and be like, all right, like th- this has gone on long enough. Because like in boxing, referees can step in at any time. UFC, same thing, and call it a knockout. Right, like, look, we're done. Shouldn't they be allowed to do the same thing in in basketball? Or I mean, it's kind of like the same like, thing. It's kind of the same thing with high school football, where here in the state, if you are clock. up by forty two, forty two. Running clock at any point in the game, it's a running clock no matter what. The rest of the game, yeah. I mean, there there could have been something done to to speed this up. Two thirteen to thirty eight. Wow, the leading scorer for for Mount Zion had 40. 40. It's a real team effort. So they 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 not only did they win by one hundred and seventy five points, they shared the ball. Everybody got to eat. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven players in double figures. Seven players in double figures. Oh, man. All right. Pelicans and Pistons tonight in Detroit. The Pelicans really, 
they're not on a losing streak of sorts. But there is a trend where they're starting to struggle. They a need a bit. win. They need a win. They, they they just they badly need a win. Uh, they've lost three of their last five. They're five and five in their last ten games. Um, they're playing a. We're going to be honest. They're playing a really bad Pistons squad coming in at twelve and thirty three on the season. They're without Cade Cunningham, their former number one overall pick. They do have Jaden Ivey, uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich as well, Jalen Duran and Killian Hayes. They've got young talent. However, James, the the key word there is they're very young. You know, you look at the Pelicans, C.J. McCollum has had great games on back-to-back nights. Brandon Ingram's still out. You don't know when he's going to return. Kind of the same thing with Zion Williamson. Zion Williamson, you have a little more of an idea of when he could be back. Brandon Ingram, you have no clue. There is no idea when he will return. It's bad whenever you hear your player say, I'm not feeling my like myself. Correct. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my basically be out indefinitely. I wouldn't be surprised if Brandon Ingram doesn't return this year. Just out for the rest of the year. I, I really wouldn't be surprised at all. And then maybe not see Zion for at least another month. Yeah, it's possible. Like that, that feels like a very real possibility. Uh, good news though on the injury front, Herb Jones is listed as questionable for tonight. He was doubtful the other night against Boston. Now he's back. He's up to questionable. So I'm not. I'm not saying that he's going to play, but the fact that his status was upgraded is is a positive for for the Pelicans. It's a good sign because even though this Pistons team does struggle to kind of score, because I remember even watching them play the Celtics uh, that whole first half. I remember watching it. They they even had layups that they were smoking left and right. So this team overall, they're not the they kind of really struggle to put the ball in the hoop overall. So kind of having Herb Jones, even if they were to like kind of figure it out a little bit, even without, even with their injuries, I think having Herb Jones, that would definitely be a real nice insurance policy just in case yep. they start to really kind of heat up. Because if you've watched any sort of Herb Jones tape, he's really able to make a huge difference on the defensive end that transitions into offense. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Tip off in that one is scheduled for 6 o'clock. The Pelicans are a six-point favorite in that one. Uh, Again, a a win would be very big for the Pelicans, who their next matchup is they're heading to Cleveland to take on Donovan Mitchell and the Cavs. That's still weird to say. Donovan Mitchell and the Cleveland Cavaliers. It's worked out. Don't get me wrong. Uh, it, it's just it, it's very weird to to think about that. And you know, I, I had to take a second glance at the schedule because tip off in that game is two o'clock in the afternoon. But that's because Monday is Martin Luther King Day, uh, so they always play. They always have a basketball marathon on uh, on MLK Day, and uh, the Pelicans will be a part of that once again. Two o'clock on Monday afternoon in Cleveland against. The Cavaliers. Looking at a couple of other top stories, talked about the NFL. We'll get to that a little bit deeper in the second hour. Mike Williams has a back fracture. It's going to be out a minimum of two weeks. Uh, that is not good news for, for the Chargers. Look, you know, when the Chargers made the playoffs, the conversation about Brandon Staley getting fired 
kind of died down a little bit. If they get embarrassed by Miami, I would not not Jacksonville. Sorry, not not Miami. Jacksonville. If they get dem, if they get embarrassed by Jacksonville, don't be surprised if that conversation heats back up really quickly. I mean, I think if you get really embarrassed by three scores plus, I think that's something that you could see. But if we're talking about it being like a 20 to 10 game, I don't know if you necessarily say that because we kind of seen the offense kind of struggle for them at times all year anyway. And then seeing your wide receiver go down once again, that really does hurt them in their efficiency on offense. So if they get blown out by 17 plus, sure, you may see that like, like it happened earlier. But if it's something somewhat close where it's, uh, one score game, ten points. Uh, I don't think that's necessarily something that's going to pop up, unless it unless it's how they lose. Like, are is it your play calling, your mismanagement of the clock, or is it just Herbert was getting pressured and he just made a couple of bad interceptions? No, I mean, the, the, or, or Austin Eckler fumbles. That, that's obviously always something you got to look at. But I mean, again, you know, when when a coach like Sean Payton is on the market, you're going to make a rash decision or two if you feel like you're in the the mix for that. So, you know, if, if the Chargers lose by 14-plus, don't be surprised if that conversation picks back up. Again, I'm, I'm not saying that Brandon Staley is going to get fired if they lose, but the, the conversation could appear again. And it's the same thing with Mike McCarthy Absolutely. and the Cowboys. Absolutely, um, that Mike McCarthy's job is not safe. Should it be? Yes. Will it be? No. His job is not safe, and that is just a wild situation to to think about. Speaking of jobs that are safe, Sean McVay has announced that he is going to stay as head coach of the Rams. It's not only that he's going to stay; it's reading the report it was he's happy yeah. and he's very glad that he's coming back yeah he, he's looking forward to 2023 they were talking about making some staff changes and uh i mean the, the rams could easily with, with a couple of moves be be right back in the mix um maybe that maybe they make a change at quarterback go get somebody that's maybe yep. nearby yeah maybe someone that they're pretty familiar with who, who are you alluding to jimmy g oh yeah you could do that um, another coach that will be around in 2023 is Saints head coach Dennis Allen. It was announced today by Mickey Loomis that Dennis Allen would return as head coach of the Black and Gold in 2023. I don't love the move, but I get it. You know, he you, you won three of your last four to finish the season on a somewhat positive note and you see something to build on in 2023. So, I mean, I, I, again, I don't love the move, but I understand why, why Mickey Loomis felt like that was the right one. Now, you're going to go into 2023 with your seat a little warm if you're Dennis Allen. I mean, I don't, I don't think Mickey Loomis is going to stand for another 7-10 and 10 season. Uh, so you're going to have to improve, but it'll be interesting to see how, how that plays out uh, especially with potential staff changes this offseason. Uh, the Saints currently undergoing extensive staff evaluations 
to uh, to kind of see where they stand on that. We'll take a timeout. Brian Peacock joins us next right here on The Game. It's Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. You're listening to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Slings it far side. Stingley steps inside the receiver and picks it off. Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. A shot to left field. Going back on it's Gordon. He'll look up at the corner. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. 437 here on your Friday, 337-706-0111 is the game hotline. And as a reminder, if you're in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. Looking at the NFL playoffs, six games this weekend, a lot to get to. It's going to be a super wild card weekend is what they're calling it. We'll see how super it'll be come Monday. Brian Peacock, the host of Peacock and Williamson, joins us here on the game hotline. Brian, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Once again, how are you? Hey, doing fantastic. Pumped for this playoff football. So, you know, let's start there. Playoff football is here again, and I know you're a 49ers fan, so obviously you know, you're very thrilled to be to be back in the postseason. Down here in Louisiana, as Saints fans, it's kind of been the same song for the last last two or three years now. You know, just hoping for good football at this point. Um, what are what are your thoughts on some of the playoff matchups? Yeah, it's a really odd weekend of football. Uh, there, there's you know some big underdogs, a couple of teams, Miami and Baltimore. I mean, it's just so hard. You get through the season, you win a lot of games early, and then now you don't have your starting quarterback. So it's, it's really hard to project those teams will have a good week and have much of an opportunity to advance. And then you've got three teams that are playing each other for the third time this year. you got the NFC West matchup with the 49ers and the Seahawks. you got the Bengals and the uh, Baltimore Ravens there. And um, and there's uh, one more. What else is there? <laughs> the um, Miami Dolphins and the, the Buffalo Bills as well. And so, yeah, and, and two of those, it's rough because you, you got a third-string quarterback in there. But then you go to the 49ers game, and they might have a better chance to win because of how good their third string quarterback is playing. You know, we'll, we'll we'll get to the Niners and Brock Purdy here in a little bit, but you know, one thing that could shake out is the Bills and the Chiefs making it to the AFC title game and with the DeMar Hamlin situation, if that is the title game, it'll be neutral site in Atlanta at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. In your opinion, did the NFL make the right decision there? Hey, uh... I don't like changing rules on the fly, and I think they had, you know, a system in place because of COVID already. Anyway, you just go to winning percentage, and and that's that. Um, and really, I think the team that might have got hosed a little bit in this was the Cincinnati Bengals. Didn't turn out to, to matter. I don't think that much for them. They got a home game. Uh, they didn't have to do the coin flip thing. But you know, I, I guess under the circumstances, this is the, the best they could have done. And, and I'm really glad they didn't try to play that game out. And then, you know, week 18, the, the Chargers playing some, some key players in a game that really didn't change anything for them. Uh, Mike Williams gets hurt. Now he has a fractured back and is going to be out a minimum of two weeks. What are your thoughts on, on that move by Brandon Staley and how it could affect the Chargers? 
Yeah, it's a terrible move, not only because, you know, in hindsight it looks bad and you did lose one of your starting players, and that's really important, and, you know, that, that could be enough. This is, a, this is a really tight game. I think the line is one or two points right now. This is going to be one of the tighter, most con- more contested games, it looks like, on paper of the weekend, and losing one of your starting wide receivers is, is pretty huge. And it, and it wasn't just hindsight here because people were, were clamoring for Brandon Staley to sit everybody. And, and so you could see this kind of coming. So um, you have to point to Brandon Staley. I don't know if you know, his job's in jeopardy. He's not able to get by the Jaguars here and advance to the next round of the playoffs. But um, it, it, it's just one of those things. And you see multiple teams do it. And, and, and his uh, explanation was weird, too, saying, you know, there's only, you only dress a certain amount of guys and you can't really put all the backups in. It's like, well, you can put some in. And teams like the New York Giants did okay with sitting just about everybody important. And they had probably less important players than the, the Chargers did to sit. Now, one one other story before we get to some game picks. Lamar Jackson is out again with with a PCL sprain. You know he's been out for a few weeks now, and now the the Ravens are hoping to turn to Tyler Huntley this weekend, but but more than likely going to be Anthony Brown once again. Lamar in a contract year is his time in Baltimore over. You know, here it's hard with Lamar Jackson just because he doesn't have uh, an agent and that is leaking everything to the Schefters of the world, and, and you don't get really the perspective from the player's side with him. And so it was a really good thing for him, I think, to go to social media and just let everybody know what was going on and talk about how he wanted to be out there with his teammates. But, you know, that, that sprain was just too bad, and he was talking about it was, it was a borderline grade three sprain, which is essentially a, a complete tear. So... um it, it, it really, I, I think, uh, three or four days ago, maybe we were talking on the Peacock and Williamson podcast. It really felt like he had played the the last snap as a Baltimore Raven. But just seeing his statement and realizing he's legitimately hurt, and maybe he still can rehab this enough. And if the Ravens are able to win a couple games, he can come back and and help them. You know, potentially even get to the Super Bowl. What, what you know, what kind of story would that be? Um, I think it is still difficult because of the nature of injuries for a quarterback who runs the ball so much and how that contract could age if he's really got his you know, heels firmly planted in the ground and wants a lot of guarantees that the Ravens don't want to give him. Uh, I could absolutely see this ending up in a, in a trade situation, and there would certainly be some teams willing that don't have a quarterback to trade for such a, a player. So it's going to be one of the fascinating storylines over the uh, offseason here in the NFL. Brian Peacock of Peacock and Williamson, he also hosts Locked on 49ers, joining us here on Crunch Time. The Jags and Chargers tomorrow, you know, this game, we, we talked about it a little bit, Trevor Lawrence against Justin Herbert, two of the top young quarterbacks in this league. Uh, the Chargers a little underwhelming this year uh, but by a lot of people's standards. In my opinion, this might be the ugliest game of the weekend. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I think some of the other games could get uglier just because, like we mentioned, you know, playing third-string quarterbacks and those games might be a little bit more laughers. I think all three Sunday games have an opportunity to be, you know, the the road underdog, just really trying to run the ball and play keep away from the home favorites, and, and it might not make for the best games. Um, so I think as far as it being a close game, I kind of like the Jaguars-Chargers, and uh, obviously you love the matchup of the young, talented quarterbacks and, you know, tall, great hair, uh, and and. Really, I like how the Jaguars have been playing, and uh, and they were the hotter team coming into the playoffs. So this is a fascinating game to me, and it might not be. I don't think either team necessarily looks like 
they're going to be playing Super Bowl Sunday. But I think for this week, it could be a pretty fun game. And just like seeing, you know, talented quarterbacks, the next generation of great quarterbacks in the league, you know, when you see how old Rodgers and Brady and all these guys are getting, uh, it's nice to see some, some fresh blood and some young quarterbacks that could be the next generation of, of greats. So we'll see what they look like here in their playoff matchup. We'll go to Sunday now. Bills and Dolphins. You know, obviously the Bills going to be playing with a lot of emotion. Uh, there, there's a possibility that Demar Hamlin could maybe be in the stadium for the Bills. Uh, and then you know the Dolphins, like you mentioned, no Tua. They're going to probably play Skylar Thompson at quarterback. This one could get ugly, ugly up in Orchard Park. Yeah, and you know, one of the underreported parts of the Demar Hamlin injury is that the the Bills are hurting at safety, and they've been susceptible aside from Tredavious White at cornerback. So the the Miami Dolphins obviously have some really good receivers out there. So can Skylar Thompson play well enough to take advantage of that? Uh, and speaking of safeties, Micah Hyde, it sounds like might be able to come back. I don't know if he's going to or not. I haven't seen confirmation on that, but that would be huge for them on the back end. And then the Bills love to run so much, um, you know, so many sub packages and, and nickel and I think they can be ran on, and that's what the Miami Dolphins are going to try to do. And so um, Mike McDaniel, who's really thrown the ball a lot more than you know his his uh, his ex head coach Kyle Shanahan that he coached under for so long, it was kind of surprising to see the Miami Dolphins come out and not really have that Shanahan style run game right away. But you know he still got the scheme to do that. So we'll see if that's able to be successful for the Dolphins. But it, you know with Josh Allen, I just I just think it's going to be too much with the Bills. Bengals and Ravens. I mean, this game, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase uh, against, like well, like we talked about, a, a wounded rain, a Ravens squad. I mean, this could get very, very ugly up in Cincinnati. Yeah, this one, I think, even though the line isn't quite as big as, and it, and it has started to grow, uh, the spread since uh, the announcement Lamar Jackson made. But I think this one has the the opportunity to be the biggest blowout, and I think a little bit of an angry Bengals team. And you mentioned the firepower they have on offense, and Lou Amaruno is doing such a good job with the defense over there with the Cincinnati Bengals as well. And so I just don't think that the the Ravens are be able to score enough. So I'm I'm seeing you know a multiple score win for the Bengals Sunday. Vikings and Giants. This could be actually a pretty tight yet ugly game. I think neither team was really playing at a super high level and charging hard into the playoffs. Uh, both teams have played a lot of really close games over the course of the the season. You know they're going to lean on Saquon Barkley or the New York Giants on offense. and um, the, the defense hasn't been great for that Minnesota Vikings team. So, you know, it could be a sneaky, fun game in, the, in that middle spot Sunday with the Giants and the Vikings. I do like the Vikings by a little bit. But Brian Dable's done such a fantastic job. You just can't count those New York Giants out. Cowboys and Bucks on Monday night. Yeah, this this one. I don't know what to think about this. This one's probably the most difficult for me because on paper, I, the way that the the Cowboys and the Bucks have played this year, the Cowboys were just a better team. But the Cowboys' pass defense has been pretty bad recently, and I'm never going to count out Tom Brady in the playoffs. And so I have a feeling there's going to be some late Tom Brady heroics, and I've got somebody winning by a field goal at the end with a comeback charge from Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Will it be the Bucks that end up getting by the Dallas Cowboys? I'm not sure, but um, a lot has to do with how much pressure the Cowboys can put on Tom Brady over the course of that game because you know he's going to throw it 45 times. And then I saved the best for last, Niners and Seahawks. 
you know, th- this is a game we're looking at the Niners. Brock Purdy comes in, plays well enough to get the job done. A lot of his weapons have come back over the last couple of weeks. This is shaping up to, to be a nice little run for, for Kyle Shanahan and the Niners. Yeah, the Niners have won 10 straight. They're just playing such good football. And it's always, Kyle Shanahan's always preached complimentary football for the 49ers. And they run the ball and play good defense and, and win some close games and, and, and really slug it out with teams. But they've been putting 30 points up on the board. And it's been, uh, it's really been unbelievable. You kind of pinch yourself is like, is this really happening watching how good? The, the rookie seventh rounder, Brock Purdy, has been playing. And it, it's no hyperbole to say if he continues to play like he has over the first six games of his career, if he continues to play like that, it actually gives the 49ers a better chance of getting to the Super Bowl. As crazy as that sounds, talking about Tom Brady, I mean, like if you played me saying that six months ago to myself, I would think that I was, um, you know, partaking in uh, whatever Aaron Rodgers partakes in with the mushrooms in the offseason. But, um, it's it's been phenomenal. So the 49ers have so many weapons. They're as healthy as they've been all year going into this. On paper, it looks like a blowout win for the 49ers. But there's a couple of things that I think could level the playing field here and equalize this game. One is the weather. There might be some heavy sideways rain with wind, and that usually helps the the worst team play up and and you know just makes the game a little bit closer. And you might have a bigger opportunity for some weirdness and some turnovers and some things like that and of course Brock Purdy one of the aspects of his game that uh, the reason he fell to the seventh round is because he doesn't have a huge arm so will the wind affect him maybe more than it does Geno Smith in that game and Pete Carroll's a really good football coach and Pete Carroll and the Seahawks are the first team to see Brock Purdy for the second time so is there something you know over the course of now having some tape and uh, getting a little bit of a book and playing against Brock Purdy once are they able to find some weaknesses in him there so those are sort of the avenues I see for the Seahawks but on paper this looks like a big 49ers win 30 seconds or less who's the biggest x-factor for the Niners tomorrow I'm going to say Nick Bosa floppy field can he get his footing can he get off the blocks and and really wreak havoc in the backfield as he done as he's done all year and make life difficult for Geno Smith for some turnovers that'll be key Brian Peacock host of Peacock and Williamson joins us here on crunch time Brian appreciate you as always enjoy the games this weekend and uh, we'll talk to you again soon you bet always a pleasure and there he goes Brian Peacock we'll take a time out wrap up hour number one right after this here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion Houston Astros Download the free The Game mobile app for Android and Apple devices. No matter where you are in the country, you can listen to The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Let's continue that NFL playoff talk because let me tell you, football fans, you can call your own plays during the NFL playoffs with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because when you bet NFL same game parlays from now until January 16th, got just a couple of days left. All customers can get $100 in free bets, win or lose. All you have to do is place a bet of $20 or more on NFL same game parlay or same game parlay plus bets during the wild card round. The more you bet, the more you'll get back in free bets. NFL same game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a larger payday. I'm going to take Josh Allen to throw at least two plus touchdowns a Stephon Diggs anytime touchdown, and then the Bills' money line to just straight-up win. Build your own or choose from one of the popular same-game parlays pre-built for you in FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. If you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, you can also get $100 in free bets, win or lose, when signing up with promo code KLWB. That's promo code KLWB. 
Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. Bonus issued is not withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Max free bet is $100. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. Just got a couple minutes left of crunch time. What you got, Matt? Another reason that January 16th is so important. C.J. Stroud, the quarterback at Ohio State, who is a junior, has yet to declare for the NFL draft. He has until Monday to do so. If he doesn't declare by Monday, he's returning to Ohio State for his senior season. So interesting to see how that's going to develop over the weekend because, I mean, that could shake up some draft boards if he decides to stay in Columbus. So de- definitely something to, uh, to keep your eye on if, uh, if you're a draft junkie like James is. Because, um, I mean, some, some draft boards have C.J. Stroud going top three. Yeah, many do. And a lot it, of them have him going top three, top five. If he's, it, it kind of feels like it's a foregone conclusion that C.J. Stroud's going to go to the NFL draft, but he hasn't made it official yet. Yeah, I mean, if he, if he ends up out of the mix, that, that could change everything. Oh, yeah. And another thing really quickly, I don't know if you've seen this, but apparently Will Levis, the odds of him going number one has gone from 20 to one to 10 to one. Could the Bears want a pocket passer? <laughs> Interesting. Oh, man. Could you imagine Will Levis, number one overall? Hmm. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two, kicking it off with Jake Crane with Jake's Takes right here on the game. It's Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. One more hour left in the work week. Hour number two of Crunch Time here on the game, Southwest Louisiana's sports station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. As a reminder, the game hotline is 337-706-0111. And here in Acadiana, you can watch us on the simulcast, Stadium 32.3 and Channel 133 on LUS Fiber. In hour number one, we talked college basketball. We talked NFL and much more. Here in hour number two, we're going to talk a lot more NFL, including James and I making our picks at 530 for the weekend let's make some picks now with our guy jake crane for jake's takes jake thanks for taking the time man as always how are you man i'm doing great guys uh like i said i always love when we have this conversation because it means it's friday yeah you you gotta you gotta love a good friday especially this time of year when 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 the weather starts to get a little chilly Uh, i don't know what you guys do up in nashville but down here in south louisiana we break out a gumbo pot Man, I, that sounds great to me. Well, right now, I mean, it's been kind of snow flurrying all day, so I would love a hot uh, cup of gumbo, man, or, or really anything hot at this point. So, you know, we always get super excited when, when playoff football arrives. Uh, obviously, it's, it's much more exciting when, you're, when your team is in it. But regardless, as football junkies, I mean, I'll, I'll watch every playoff game no matter what. 
Yeah, I mean, injected right into my veins. I, I love it. I mean, I'm the same guy that, you know, gets excited about Marshall playing a bowl game at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday. So, you know, maybe it's more me than anything else. But, no, I mean, and it, look, there's some very interesting storylines. I mean, you talked about Justin Jefferson. You know, I heard on y'all's two-minute drill, uh, his first appearance in the postseason. And, and tomorrow we, we got a showdown of two quarterbacks who haven't appeared in the postseason yet, and Justin Herbert. Uh, and Trevor Lawrence, and then you look at guys like Brock Purdy, and then uh, you know who, whoever the hell's starting for the Ravens, and, and then Skylar Thompson uh, for the Dolphins. There's a lot of uh, fresh quarterbacks that are going to be getting their first shot in some playoff football in the NFL. Yeah, it'll be an interesting weekend for sure. You know, one, one storyline that, that's being monitored in the NFL is the possibility of a Bills Chiefs AFC title game. That seems very likely. Uh, so far and if that is the case the game will be played in Atlanta at a neutral site Uh, do you think the NFL made the right decision there or or do you think they're trying to change the rule maybe a little too much yeah well they definitely picked a neutral site Uh, I mean when you look at most likely what's going to be the Bills and the Bengals Cincinnati and Buffalo Atlanta is is truly neutral it's not like Georgia's playing there Uh, but when I look at at you know, the decision, it's such an unprecedented thing, man. And it happened so late in the year. Uh, it, I think it's just about the only thing they could have done, to be honest with you, and, and keep some semblance of not looking slanted to either side. One one poor decision that an NFL team made is, is the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, Brandon Staley decided to play all of his yeah. starters in, in week 18, and now Mike Williams has a fractured back and is going to be out several weeks. Uh, I mean, what a what a poor move in a game that meant nothing. Yeah, I just I don't get it. I, I don't know. Sometimes NFL coaches, I mean, the, the, most of them are brilliant, but they overthink themselves or, or, you know, have the kids say, you're doing too much. Like, what what is Mike Williams going to just forget? You know, if you don't if you don't play that last game, oh no, Justin Herbert, will he be able to throw the ball good again? I don't know. Maybe he's done it his whole life. I just I think it was an overthinking situation. Brandon Staley's a guy that's not afraid to take risks, but they're calculated risks. This is not a calculated risk. This was this is just a, a dumb risk, to be honest with you. So you see what happened? I mean, Bosa went out in that game too. It's just like goodness gracious, man, what are you trying to prove? And then you know Lamar Jackson is another storyline with his with his PCL strain, uh, a level three strain of the PCL, which is almost a, a tear at that point. Um, he's not going to play in their playoff game against the Bengals, likely their only playoff game. Uh, is, is his time in Baltimore coming to an end? Man, I'm starting to lean that way, and at the beginning of the year, I, I didn't think there was a chance that he'd leave Baltimore. But you know, you learn about the severity of the knee. Uh, what he's going to be, what he'd be able to do if he attempted to play, and then you got to match that with his. And and I know this is unsportsmanlike, but this is a contract year for Lamar. Uh, I mean, you, he he does understand that if he goes into the off season with a torn PCO because he tried to play with with let's be honest, a team that's not going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, that they have no weapons uh, uh, on the outside. I, I just I, I feel like it's a smart business move. By Lamar Jackson, I I cannot like it uh, the sportsmanship part of it, and it still be a smart business move, just like with the NIL decisions and and people going in the transfer portal to use it as leverage against the school they're at. I can get upset at it or opting out of a bowl game that, in the grand scheme of things, things really means nothing. But it just goes against everything we've been taught in sports. Now looking at the NFL, we'll start with the 49ers and Seahawks. Brock Purdy has just been an incredible story 
uh, leading the Niners to six of their 10-game win streak so far. Uh, but now, you know, you look at around him, Elijah Mitchell's back, Christian McCaffrey's fully healthy, Debo Samuel as well. In, in that 49ers offense, Jake, the quarterback doesn't have to do a whole heck of a lot. Um, now, granted, I'll give the Seahawks their due. Uh, they, they've played a lot better than a lot of people expected them to. What are your What are your thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, I mean, the, the 49ers probably have the best roster in the NFL, if you want to be honest. And they're at full strength right now, and Brock Purdy has, has been through all the scenarios that you need to been through out, be, uh, go through outside of, again, not playing in a playoff game. I understand that. But uh, you're right. I mean, you don't have to be the hero every time in every game and, and have to make incredible pl- uh, throws and runs. Uh, to be able to win games when you do have those guys that you mentioned. And you didn't even mention Brandon Ayuk or Jawan Jennings or George George Kittle. I mean, it's just a, a plethora of guys that can just hurt you on so many different levels. Who are you going to double? Like, who, who do you double against the Niners, really, in reality? You can't. So he, he's, he's, yeah, he's in a great situation, and the defense is one of the best in the NFL as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Niners, as an overall team, as, as a balanced team, uh, I think they're in the best situation right now, and I mean they're going to murder the Dolphins. I mean, let, let's or excuse me, the the Seahawks. In my opinion, I, I love what Geno's done coming back and having a huge year. This is one of Pete Carroll's best coaching jobs, but I just don't see a way in which the Seahawks are going to be able to line up and run the ball against the 49ers, which is going to put Geno Smith in a lot of conflict. I like the Niners big in this one. There's a reason it's a nine and a half point spread. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you on that one, Niners. Yeah. Niners win big in this one. And then tomorrow night, Jags, Chargers. You know, I'm looking at this game, and Jake, honestly, it might be the first one to 17 wins. Yeah, you know, you, you say that, but but I think people are a little bit – there's some fool's gold with the Jaguars' defense. They're pretty good against the run, if you look at where they're ranked, but they're awful against the pass. And then you say, Jake, but look, they finished on a three-game win streak. Yeah, look who they played against. The most anemic offenses in the NFL, including the Tennessee Titans at the end, who were just hoping that Josh Dobbs could do enough calculations to lead them to a win. So I I think it's a little bit of fool's gold there. Trevor did not play well, and that game was at home. Not saying he's going to play bad twice in a row, but, man, they left some points on the table. And that secondary for the Jags is one of the worst in the NFL. So don't be shocked, even without Mike Williams, if the Chargers go in there and, and let Justin Herbert really sling it, feed Austin Eckler, and put some points on the board. I actually like the Chargers in this one. Let's go to Sunday now. Bills and Dolphins, obviously the Bills playing with, with, with so much emotion. DeMar Hamlin being back in Buffalo, discharged from the hospital. The Dolphins don't have Tua. They're, they're playing Skylar Thompson yet again. I mean, look, I, I love Tyreek Hill, and I think the, the Dolphins have some weapons, but, you know, there, there's a difference between a rookie quarterback that's played six games for you starting a playoff game and a rookie quarterback that's started one game for you starting a playoff game. Uh, Bills win big, in my opinion. What do you What do you think? Yeah, it was uh, it, it was the Bills in Buffalo with with the hammer. This was, this one's going to be as uh, the, I think you can name your score in this one if you're Buffalo. Not that the the Defense for the Dolphins isn't going to go out there and play hard. But with Skylar Thompson, I, he did a couple of good things. I know that, that Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell and Mike Jasicki's playing well. They can be somewhat dangerous, but I just don't see a way in which the Dolphins keep this thing close. 
Uh, I don't trust anybody named Skyler. So uh, give me the Bills big. Joe Burrow and the Bengals hosting the Lamar Jacksonless Baltimore Ravens. You know, you, you look at you look at uh, Cincinnati with Burrow. You got Joe Mixon in the backfield. You have Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins in the receiving core. You've got a solid defense as well. And then, you know, the Ravens without Lamar, possibly without Tyler Huntley as well. This is another one that could get ugly quickly. Yeah, it's it's not a good situation for the Ravens at quarterback right now. And it's not like you have a ton of weapons to lean on uh, like, like you do if you're Brock Purdy, even though I think he's, he's better than what they have on the roster without Lamar. Uh, yeah, man, look, Cincinnati is, is playing really well right now. They tend to do that as we get closer to the playoffs. The Ravens don't have enough answers on offense. Like, I hate to beat a dead horse, but, like, I just – I don't see a way in which the Ravens can score enough points outside of the Bengals just, you know, p- pulling a Drew Barrymore from 51st dates and just forgetting. And then the other Sunday matchup, Vikings and Giants. This one's interesting. You know, you look yeah. at the Vikings. Justin Jefferson has had a, a incredible year. Uh, Kirk Cousins is probably wishing that this was a noon game. Uh, instead, it's at 3.30. Um, and then the Giants – I'm still not really sure what to think about them in year number one under Brian Dable. I mean, Saquon looks healthy. Daniel Jones performed well in that offense. Uh, but th- this game's kind of a toss-up. God, betting this game is just, you might as well just flip a coin or, like, you know, go out and start looking in the sky and see if something happens. I mean, trying to, I know the Vikings have come back and won, like, 308 games in a, in a row or something crazy like that. Uh, in reality, I think it's tw- uh, 11 games. I just don't, they just, the defense scares me to death. They can't stop anybody. I mean, it's just every game. It's being a Vikings fan. Look, I'm I'm from Auburn. Okay, so I understand not knowing what's going to happen and being disappointed and then shocked when something goes good. I get that. But the Vikings, how those fans just there's just not coronaries left and right. I I don't get it. Uh, the Giants. I like I like the Giants money line in this game. Daniel Jones. Is able to run the ball. The Giants on defense are really good in the red zone, and I just don't trust the Vikings on defense. It's not even a Kirk Cousins thing for me. I just, I just don't trust them. And then lastly, Monday night, the Cowboys and the Bucks. You know, obviously, you're never going to count out Tom Brady, but but Jake, I'm not comfortable with with anybody that's around Tom Brady right now in Tampa. And then you know, you look at Dallas; they're coming off of back to back poor games. I don't know that the Dak Prescott allows them to have a third straight poor game. And then the other thing to factor in is that a lot of people believe that if the Cowboys go one and done in the playoffs, that Mike McCarthy's gone. Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Jerry pulled the plug on Mike McCarthy if they lose this game. You know, it, the the thing with, with Dak Prescott is, and I just can't get over this, it's, it's almost like Carson Wentz with injuries, right? That he doesn't just have like a bad game or like a, a turnover. It's catastrophic. It's like a, a, a strip sack, picked up scoop and score, pick six, and he just throws right to the guy, uh, or some devastating decision he makes on a huge third down. It, it's just, and it's like Carson Wentz. Like he doesn't just pull his hamstring. It's like his hamstring got wrapped around his ACL that somehow ripped his shoulder out of place. Like it just, part of me, I want to believe in Dak because he does things sometimes. I'm like, man, you know, like the, the guy can really play. But then I look at Tom Brady. It's been a tough year. You get divorced. People are questioning you. They've had injuries on the offensive line, but yet somehow here you are, winning the division in the playoffs. 
you know, you, you I don't just part of me thinks the Bucks win this game, guys. I, I really think they do, and Mike McCarthy's out the door. Who looks like every every husband from a sitcom that comes on in the afternoon I've ever seen in my life, by the way. So if if the Cowboys job is open, where does Sean Payton coach in twenty twenty three? Well, he may already be with the – I don't know. If the, well, you know, I say that. I think he, he's going to wait. Sean's going to wait and see what happens with the Cowboys. But the Broncos is the best, you know, team that's open right now. But if the Cowboys open, I mean, I'm sure Sean Payton would go there. That, that, that'd definitely be an interesting move, going from the Saints to the Cowboys. Jake Crane, appreciate you as always, bud. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll do it again next week. You too, my friend. Appreciate you guys. And there he goes, Jake Crane, the host of Crane and Company. You can check them out every weekday at 6.30 a.m. on YouTube. Now, you know, looking at the poll question of the day, which matchup, which divisional matchup in, in the playoffs could be most likely to be an upset? Uh, so far, looking at some of the results, 50% say the Seahawks and the Niners, while 25% apiece still for the Ravens and Bengals and then the Dolphins and the Bills. You know, obviously I see where the Seahawks-Niners could be the one most likely for an upset, but again, kind of like Jake just alluded to, I think the Niners are just going to be too much. And, you know, you look at that kind of game, I think if the Seahawks get down seven or even ten, I just don't see how they come back. Um, so if the Niners can can get the offense running early, I, I think that Seattle is in big trouble in uh, in that matchup. But, uh, you know, there, there's a reason you play the game, so we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, tune in this Sunday for a wild card triple header right here on the game, which starts with Buffalo and Miami. And then it will be Justin Jefferson and the Vikings taking on the Giants. And then lastly, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase will take the Bengals hosting the Baltimore Ravens. The action begins at 11.30 a.m. And you can hear it all right here on the game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. We'll take a timeout when we return. Your call's on the hotline, 337-706-0111. Plus, we'll talk about an interesting story involving... LSU Gymnastics here on the game at Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update presented by Tibbs Trailers here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's Sports Station. 522 on your Friday fun show. Matt Miguez, James Mesh. Welcome back to Crunch Time here on The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. The the interesting story involving LSU gymnastics is the fact that they're going to have to up their security detail for the gymnastics team uh, but because of, of one of their athletes by the name of Olivia Dunn, uh, who is one of the most popular athletes on social media. Uh, she has 6.7 million followers on TikTok. And in terms of NIL money, she is projected to make $2 million this year. 
Uh, but according to the head coach of LSU's gymnastics team, Jay Clark, uh, said that they will have added security when they travel to an away meet after an incident last week where they were in Utah and Olivia Dunn, Olivia Dunn was, quote, being a mob-like event disrupted the gymnastics meet because they were trying to get the attention of one Olivia Dunn. So, now you're going to have to up the security detail. I saw a video that another gymnast, a gymnast for LSU tweeted, and they were walking to their bus. And there, James, there is a tunnel of college males wearing T-shirts with Olivia Dunn's face on it. And she captioned the video, when you're not Olivia Dunn. And she's just walking and all the, oh, where's Livy? We want to see Livy. We want Livy. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, let's look. Can you call, can, can you say down bad? Can, 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 can we chill out a little bit? Can, can we? Like, like, yes, she's a great gymnast. She is a, she, she is a pretty woman. Like everything. But like, come on, get over yourselves. Let, let's settle down a little bit. You, if it got so bad to the point where LSU and their gymnastics coaching staff feels that players were at risk. You're taking it too far. Too far. You're taking it way too far. Look, I, I get that, you know, what, whatever. Whatever you want to think about Olivia Dunn. Sure. But that's not, you. no, you, you can't, you can't do that. So... God, the 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 world we live in today, man, it's it's wild, it's wild. Eighteen year olds printing t shirts with with a girl's face on it that they've never even met, and mobbing a gymnastics meet of all places to try and meet her. I'll never understand it. I'll never get it. But hey, you know, it it, it is what it is. Looking at some more college football news. We talked earlier this week about Jaden Rashada from Florida. He had until 5 p.m. today to enroll in classes at Florida. He did not. What does that mean? Maybe he's waiting till August. We don't know. Because technically, if he would have enrolled in January, he's an early enrollee. Maybe he decided not to enroll early. But... This whole situation just seems fishy. And then there was a report that there was an NIL deal offered to Rashada with a number of $13 million that Florida just didn't have the money for. Well, of course you didn't. Who, who's paying a kid $13 million in NIL money? I know Arch Manning's not getting $13 million. That's absurd. Speaking of Arch Manning, Kid lost his ID first week at Texas. Somebody posted on, on social media they, they found his ID laying on the ground on campus. And it's like, man, you're such a rookie. I love that. Pick on the kid. I, it's, it's, it's great. We will take a timeout here on Crunch Time. And when we return, James and I will make our picks for Super Wild Card Weekend. There's six games to discuss. So we will we will look at each one of them 
in depth and make our picks in those games. You're listening to Crunch Time here on The Game. It's 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. A recent survey discovered that game listeners prefer our station than going to the dentist. Take that, dental hygiene. This is The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Now that you've scored an Amazon Alexa or Google Home smart speaker, you can now use it to listen to The Game. Just ask Alexa or Google Home to play The Game, Southwest Louisiana, and it's that easy. Do the smart thing and have The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles with you at your office, your home, and everywhere you go. Let's look at the NFL weekend. Two games tomorrow, three games on Sunday. All three of those games you can hear right here on the game. And then a showdown on Monday night. We'll start with the Seahawks and Niners, James, uh, up in Santa Clara. This is a game, uh, again, we, we've talked about it at two different points in this in this show. The Niners on a 10-game win streak. The Seahawks are playing a lot better than, than most people expected. And then... The 49ers are winning with Mr. Irrelevant under center. I mean, what do you what do you make of this matchup? You clearly have to look at the 49ers to be the clear favorite. I mean, there's a reason why they are nine-point favorites. You like the fact that you've seen a 10-game winning streak, and that's going from Jimmy Garoppolo having the injury all of a sudden, and then boom. Now you got to put in Mr. Relevant Brock Purdy, and they really haven't skipped a beat. We haven't seen them have to lean on Brock Purdy too much, but I mean, you, you don't really need to. You got a real a lot of really good pieces on offense, and you got a really good defense that makes sure other teams really struggle to score and get into the end zone. So, of course, you're going to look towards the 49ers to be the heavy favorites. However, the the 49ers did beat the Seahawks earlier in the season a few weeks ago, 21 to 13 at Seattle. With Brock Purdy under center. So this is the only team that's going to have had a second chance at playing Brock Purdy. I'm wondering, you have a better chance now of actually being able to kind of study and figure out how to slow down the offense and force Brock Purdy to be like, hey, you're young. You haven't had to do much. Y'all have been doing so well that you haven't been able to be relied upon. Correct. Let's put let's try and put you in a situation. To where you need to actually do something. To where you actually have to maybe have the game on the line. You maybe have to have a game-tying or game-winning field goal in a two-minute drill. Let's see you actually do it and not have to worry about it whenever you're up 21 nothing and have a 21-point lead. Like, with the fact that this is an NFC West matchup, these two teams know each other very well. We had seen back in 2013, Seahawks absolutely ruined Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers' chances of going back to the Super Bowl in the NFC Championship. How how big of a factor do you think the familiarity is in this matchup? I think it really I think it matters a lot, and I think it matters for all three divisional matchups yep. between the Bengals and Ravens, and then the Dolphins and Bills. Like it doesn't matter that the other two matchups have backup quarterbacks. Under center, I still think it's going to be a relatively close game because how often do you see teams be able to blow out their division it's, opponent? It's it's, rare. it's very rare. It doesn't happen very often because they know each other so well. Pete Carroll's been playing against the 49ers for very long, for so long. 
And then Kyle Shanahan, he's been there for quite a few years now. So I really think this is going to be a lot closer than people think. And ultimately, I'm going to take the Seahawks. I, I, I know I go back to the video and I'm probably making too much out of it. But the fact that people were kind of putting out quotations and kind of putting out quotes of saying the Seahawks are nervous and they're kind of worried about this matchup. It's like, you know, this team very well. And we see the, we saw the video of Geno Smith hitting the gritty and other players in the gritty. And then all of a sudden out of the corner, here comes Pete Carroll. You see, I think that's a on bigger, a scooter. I think that video is a bigger problem for the Seahawks than it is. Uh, I think they're, they might be a little too comfortable heading into this game. And I think with it, either they're going to lose by 20 or they win by three. Like, to me, there's no in-between. I don't think the Seahawks lose by, like, 10 or 6 or whatever. It's either they get blown out or they get the crazy win to shock everyone. And you're going to pick Seattle. And I'm going to I'm gonna go on a limb. I'm going to take a shot, and I'm going to take Seattle. Interesting. Uh, 3.30 uh, on tomorrow between the Seahawks and the Niners. The night game tomorrow, the Chargers and the Jags. A game of two really good young quarterbacks. Neither one of them has sniffed the playoffs in previous years. Uh, Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the Jags sitting at 9-8. and eight. The Chargers are at 10-7. and seven. Uh, This one is in Jacksonville, yet the Chargers are a one-and-a-half point favorite in this one. Uh, James, who do you got? Well, you kind of go back to that Week 3 matchup whenever the Jags went to Los Angeles and got a big 38-10 win. Correct. Really shocked the Chargers. To me, I'm not going to see a 28-point blowout again. This one's going to be a lot closer. A lot more is on the line. You've already figured yourself out. It's not early on in the season. The Mike Williams injury plays a large factor. Which, which let's let's discuss that a little bit. Because, you know, we we, we make jokes that you and I are, are, are very even in terms of our NFL knowledge, and we are. But... I would give you the, the the slight edge in the world of the NFL. So let's let's have this discussion. Is that, was there any logic to Brandon Staley playing his starters? Like where? Obviously, you know I, I don't I don't have the the playoff scenarios memorized. But like realistically, were the Chargers going to gain anything from that Week 18 matchup? There really wasn't much to gain out of it for you to have that big of a risk. We know Brandon Staley talks about calculated risk, which is why you see him kind of go for go for it on fourth downs quite a bit. But it's like this one didn't feel very like he, he must have miscalculated. No. Because why because to me, why are you playing your guys whenever it really doesn't matter? You, you can't the, you gain don't really anything. you don't really gain much. It's it's how how do I say it? Because there's a lot to lose and a little to gain from it. Because my thing is this. If you're the Chargers, that, that we, the only thing that would have changed is who you were playing. But you were still going on the road. So I don't, I don't see the, the big difference in... I, I would rather, if I'm Brandon Staley, say you switch the Seahawks and the Chargers and say the Chargers were playing the 49ers tomorrow. Obviously, I'd rather play the Jags than the 49ers, but above all, if I had to play the 49ers, I want Mike Williams healthy. And so the fact that you risked that and ended up 
now he's now he's not going to be able to play for you tomorrow night is huge. Now I know you still have Justin Herbert and you've got Keenan Allen healthy, but Mike Williams just added an extra layer of of juice for the Chargers, and now I just I feel like the offense is going to be hindered without Mike Williams there. I mean, if they wanted to, tr- I, to me, I don't get it because you're already in the five seed. Correct. Like, what do you what do you have do to you, gain? You're not you winning gain? the division, right? You can only go down. You had nothing. And you to lost gain. anyway. You lost to the Broncos. Yeah, that's embarrassing. It's that's a division opponent, but still, you lost to the Broncos, right? And then lost a guy for a couple weeks because you decided to play them. Well, I. It didn't make a lot of sense, and to me, this is why you're going to see the Chargers get burned in this one. You're going to get your comeuppance for trying to play your guys in a week that didn't matter. Now, I don't think it's a blowout game. I think it stays pretty close. I think it stays pretty low scoring. I can see. I see more of twenty to ten. Yeah, twenty to ten, seventeen, thirteen, some somewhere in that range. Um, I, I think it's. I think it's an ugly. You know, grind it out kind of game, um, but no, I, I do give the edge to to Jacksonville at home in in this one. Uh, go to Sunday now, Dolphins and Bills, another divisional matchup. The Bills playing with a, a lot, you know, a lot of emotion, a lot of energy, uh, sitting at thirteen and three. The Dolphins are going to have to start Skylar Thompson again. It's a thirteen and a half point line. I think that's absurd. It, it's one of those things where. It's either going to come down to the wire or Buffalo's going to run away with it. There's no in-between. Yeah, and you're more of a Skylar Thompson believer than I am. Uh, I'm not a Skylar Thompson believer. I, I believe in his weapons, and I believe in Mike McDaniel as a head coach. Because here's the thing. The overall game plan, you're going to have to run a lot of kind of, you know, like end rounds, double reverses. Correct touch passes to get it, screens, to get it into your playmaker's hands as quick as possible as quick as possible. The difference in the best way for Buffalo or for Miami to win this game, you're going to actually have to rely on Skylar Thompson to make a couple of deep throws because mm-hmm. that's where you've seen a lot of the money be made for the Dolphins offensively is Tua hitting the deep shots to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle and them taking it the rest themselves. I've been saying for years now people need to stop sleeping on Tua. That kid was going to be good in the league and Give him some premier weapons. He he he's looking I, I, like I it. was I was right, but Skylar Thompson he's gonna have to connect on a couple of deep throws to Tyreek and Jalen if they want to have the best chance of winning because yep. if they take those couple of shots and they don't hit on them, oh it's gonna be Buffalo. I, I think and, and and I agree with that. And to add on to that, I think a big X factor in this game that people haven't really talked about a whole lot. Josh Allen has been turnover happy lately. And if Miami can force a couple of mistakes by Josh Allen and give their offense a short field, I mean, you could really swing this game around and Miami, that that could be Miami's way to hang in it. Yeah, I, I think with Josh Allen, we've seen him kind of get turnover happy over the, over the latter part of this season. So to me that that'll keep Miami in the game for a while, but I think you'll get to it later in the game, and I think the Bills are eventually able to get the job done and win like 
I would probably I probably put a score of twenty seven to sixteen. Giants and Vikings. This is my second least favorite matchup of the weekend. Um, the Vikings. I, I just I think they're pretenders. Um, you, you looked at a lot of their games that they won. They had to do it with last second field goals and miraculous comebacks and everything in between. And then you know the Giants. They've looked solid under Brian Dable in, in year one. Saquon Barkley had a had a great bounce back year from injury. Daniel Jones looked pretty solid in their offense. The biggest issue for the Vikings is who the hell does he throw the ball to? You don't have receivers. So, you know, I, I think if you're the Giants in this game, obviously, you know, we joke on this show that Kirk Cousins doesn't play that great outside of 12 o'clock. Uh, so interested to see how, how this one unfolds. But it's I, true. It, it is true. Um, I think it stays close. But I think the pretenders in the Minnesota Vikings stay around for another week. Yeah, the the receivers that Daniel Jones has to work with, not very good. The fact that Kenny Galladay, you paid him $72 million over multiple years in total. And he got one touchdown. That was in week 18 because the other receivers and other playmakers were kind of sat. Yeah. You know, uh, Brandon Staley take a play out of that playbook. Um, shocker! It's 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 a struggle for them. You're gonna have to really rely on Saquon Barkley and Daniel Jones. But to me, I we allude to it all the time. Three thirty time slot. It's not as bad at Kirk Cousins as it is for him at night. But I still don't think the Vikings offense is gonna produce like we think they will, like they should, with all the weapons that they have. I think the Giants' defense is better than most people give credit for. I think this one's going to be kind of a mid-scoring affair. I think it's going to be like a, you know, 20 to 16 type game. They're going to kick a couple field goals, but when it comes down to it, I think a game-winning touchdown like Daniel Jones takes it a minute takes it in himself with about a minute to go and the Vikings try to make a late game comeback to score a touchdown themselves. But then like one of the one of the Giants ends up picking it off or gets a big sack on fourth down to seal it for him. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it, I I think that this is going to be a game, like I said, where, where the Vikings hang around another week, but then they don't get past, you know, e- either the Niners or or, or the Eagles. Yeah, whoever or, wins this matchup, they are not getting to the to the championship, correct? Or for the conference championship round, one of them is going to get down in the divisional, but one of them's got to get out in the wild card. And to Correct. me, I feel like it's time running out for Minnesota because you can't keep kicking game-winning field goals forever. I'm with you. So you think you're picking the Giants? I'm taking the Giants. All right. And then the night game on Sunday night, the Ravens and the Bengals. I, I can't put it any other way. This game's going to get ugly. This one's going to get pretty bad. It's going to get ugly. And not only is it going to get ugly, it's going to get ugly quickly. Whether Lamar's not going to play. He's already been ruled out. You got Tyler Huntley. Who, He's not looking who good. Might not play either. He's not looking good. But even if he doesn't play, you're going to your third string now. Anthony, Brown. you're going with Anthony Brown. You think they're going to beat Joe Burrow and the who? Cincinnati Bengals? Who? Anthony Brown. Who? Man's not going to have any receivers to throw to. Oh man. And then the running back room is 
it's still not up to snuff as it was in previous years. Paw ball. Oh, that that Ravens offense is paw ball. And then and then you're gonna um, have to re- you're gonna have to rely on a defensive score if if you're if you're ba- Baltimore if you want to win this game. Lamar doesn't return. Lamar I, Lamar does more, not come back. The more and more I think about it, the more and more I really do believe that there is a very good chance that Baltimore that. Lamar does not return to the Ravens next Cause, season because this was this was a contract year, was it not? It was. So like he's a free agent at the end of the season. Yeah, I I don't think he returns to Baltimore. Uh, and then lastly, the Monday night game. How about the Cowboys and the Bucks? Ugh, ugh, ugh. Can't believe I'm going to say this. Give me the Cowboys in a close one. On paper, you think that they're going to win. I I believe in Tom Brady and the Patriots more than you do. I think the fact that you have unlimited playoff experience, we've seen a majority of this roster, the big pieces, the cornerstones of the Buccaneers, they're still there from that 2020 season. You still got Mike Evans, you still got Chris Godwin, who both put up over 1,000 yards this season. Rashad White looks good. Leonard Fournette's still solid. And you still got those key pieces on defense and Devin White, Antoine Winfield Jr., and Levante David. So to me, I don't know how far they'll go, but I think they shock the Cowboys, and then we get that controversy of, does Mike McCarthy get fired? Oof, things are going to get juicy. Tune in tomorrow at LSU's men's basketball. We'll travel to Tuscaloosa to take on number 4 Alabama. Pre-game begins at 2.30, and tip-off is set for 3 right here on the game. We'll take a timeout, wrap up the week right after this here on Southwest Louisiana Sports Station and your home for the Fighting Tigers of LSU and the World Series champion, Houston Astros. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back for the final time of this week here on Crunch Time here on the game. NFL Wildcard Weekend is here, and it's quickly approaching, starting tomorrow. Now, the easiest way to get into the playoffs is with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers can join today and get started with $150 in free bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. But just sign up with promo code KLWB. FanDuel has all your favorite bets, from the money line to point spreads to player props. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. I'm going to take the over on Tom Brady's passing yards, a Rashad White anytime touchdown, and then a Mike Evans anytime touchdown. It's going to be all on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, don't miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, with promo code KLWB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana and permitted parishes only. First online real money wager only, $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is not withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. One last look at the poll question of the day, Matt. Which divisional wildcard matchup is most likely to result in an upset? Only got three available options because the there's only three matchups because the Cow- only three divisional because matchups. Cowboys Buccaneers is not an in division matchup. Ravens Bengals Dolphins Bills Seahawks 49ers Seahawks 49ers leads with forty four percent 
while Dolphins Bills is at 22. And then the final 33% goes to Ravens Bengals. Also, one thing of note, the Spurs and Warriors playing in about half an hour inside the Alamo Dome. A record crowd expected to be in San Antonio to watch two struggling teams battle it out. Um, that, that should be an interesting one to, to see given the large atmosphere. want to thank Brian Peacock and Jake Crane for joining us today. For James Mesh, I'm Matt Miguez. Be safe, be well, hug your mom and them. Have a hell of a weekend, and we'll be back to recap it all on Monday right here on The Game, 103.7 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and the World Series champion, Houston Astros.